so I was trying to release to more people before I left, like do a, an email before I left to get people to sign up, because uh, I put together like salesy content and whatnot, and um, yeah, it didn't quite. I didn't quite meet my deadlines. Um, you blew it. I did, and I'm I'm a little bummed about it. Uh, but I think the vacation did me a little good, uh, and I have I have two people left to sort of like make good on my promises to, uh, and and then I can do my my promotional nonsense. Yeah. Uh, so I have less of a strong like deadline at the moment because I'm about to do some crazy stuff in a couple weeks again, and I don't know if it will really do me any good to set another deadline I won't make. Well, that's the spirit. <laughs> uh yeah, but I I think the, my biggest goal is to like get those those guys taken care of and then take another pass at like content and stuff cuz I could sort of fill the pipeline up a bit more and uh and then kick things off when I get back. Yeah. I I have a parable for you I could share. All right. So when we uh, well and it's and it's based off of a true story. Um we, we, it's totally we, garbage now. Yeah. So wait, let's see. Where do I begin? The uh, so our our son sleeps in the the master loft bedroom because somehow he gets the best of everything. But beforehand, we used to sleep before he came along. We used to sleep yeah. in the master loft bedroom upstairs, and we would uh, like they were doing some work on the road, and um, shortly thereafter, we started hearing like this like these little tiny tiny paws running back and forth uh on the ceiling above us and we were like oh that's like uh squirrels like that's probably cute <laughs> and so we didn't do anything for a while until it was like all right on the real like now we can hear a couple of them like running around and fighting and stuff like that like this is probably not good so we hired an exterminator like yeah we've got a little squirrel problem and uh they came and looked and they're like uh you actually have rats you have a rat infestation in your attic and we were like, oh, no, we are terrible people. We are, we're rat people. Rat people. <laughs> like, That's a bad feeling, isn't it? Yeah, and we're like, there's no coming back from this. This is so bad. We, so we, we, took it, we took it pretty hard, uh, I guess is one way to, 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 to put it. But, uh, and, and like, I, I literally, like, walked around, like, bummed out for a day. or Like, like I just felt, uh, uh, like, well, I guess the jury's in. I'm a, I'm a terrible person now. And then I realized anybody can get rats in their attic. It's a question of do you choose to live with them or not. Yeah. So maybe that's not the best parable. I thought it was pretty good. And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll just take care of this. No, that, I mean, I think that's good. Welcome to the Successful Users Podcast. Featuring Samuel Hulick and Robert Graham. So should we should we kick this thing off for realsies? Yeah, we probably ought to. Okay. So, Robert. Oh boy, dropped my pen already. Hang on, we gotta put this oh. on pause. Oh. Samuel dropped the ball already. No, my pen. Right. Yeah. The, oh, the you meant metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so so <laughs> So, Robert... Derailed already. Yeah. Uh, so, so the topic today is one I proposed. 
Oh, and I have a little bit of business to discuss with you. Podcast business. Yes. So it's fun to like scramble on the spot and try to come up with uh with like, oh, he took he took four of my five things. Uh, I'll have to come up with, <laughs> with new ones. But uh I was actually thinking, you know what would be fun is if we agree, we can just round out each other's points and and then it, it's just that's that's uh, that's why they play the game, as they say on ESPN. So, I propose, and and also like that way, at the end of the episode, it just won't be like ten do's or don'ts for this, ten do's or don'ts for that, ten do's or don'ts. It'll be mix it up a little bit. Seven, six, eight, nine, ten, whatever it might be. So I say, yeah. I'm, pr- I'm 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 proposing a, a rule change here. If if it's gone, it's gone. Or or wait, you gotta dance with who you came with. Yeah, that's fine. I I usually do include like like if I have uh one or two that are they're like not as good as the other ones, you know, they're like not top shelf really, but they're right. worth mentioning. I'll throw them on the list. Yeah. So I might still mention them. But yeah, I agree. We should. I say top shelf only. Top shelf. It's not like we're looking to fill here exactly. No, that's fair. We usually run a little long. Exactly. So I say we're, we're cutthroat. You bring 5, you leave with well, zero, I guess. <laughs> this is a zero-sum game. My, my brain kind of teed me up for uh, a check I, I was not able to cash on that, on that uh, <laughs> euphorism. All right, so um, so the topic, business we, business aside... We, are we introducing ourselves this week, or are we going to skip that? I think people know who we are by now. Yeah, that's fair. I'm Samuel. And I'm Robert. All right, so the topic is one that I proposed, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. And I, I figured maybe since I... Since I was the one who got us into this, I would do the explaining. You have the floor, sir. So I have a a background as a uh, web designer in general and a UX designer in general before I before I uh, pigeonholed myself on user onboarding only. And one thing that it's a, this is a blog post that I've been meaning to write for like ever, but uh, a lot of a lot of what has most informed my web design uh, perspective are books that are not specifically about web design itself. So I thought, what if we were to have uh, possibly 10 uh, top books on web design that aren't about web design? Yeah, uh, and I, I've i got a background in, in user interfaces in an academic sense, as well as product design sense. Uh, and I, yeah, I've got, I've got books. I don't know that I would say that they're not at all about web design or user interfaces or, or like highly related things, but, uh, yeah, I only have one that is specifically related to the web. Oh, well, fair enough. Yeah. Boldly, boldly uh, inverting the, the rule structure here. Yeah, I just, I subvert everything. There you go. Yeah, invert. What am I saying? Invert. Subverting. Come on now. <laughs> I can throw that one away. Thank you for being gracious on that. I, you know, I try. Yeah. So, Robert. I think, I think you know what my first one's going to be. I think you you already know. Uh, well, it, it, <laughs> um, <laughs> when you put it that way, I have a pretty, I have a guess. But okay. let's let's roll. Should we still keep calling them tip number one? I guess so because that's <laughs> look. Yeah, we can't we can't get we can't get new punch in sounds like uh, 
<laughs> I don't know that we have to use the sounds every week. All right. That's... So there the, are the tips on web design in, in the form of book recommendations that are not ostensibly about web design. <laughs> so, exactly. So yeah. tip, tip yeah. number one. Robert, please Clear take it mind. away. Tip number one. All right. Uh, so my first one is The Design of Everyday Things by Don Norman. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. That makes oh, sense really? in retro. I was a little nervous because I thought yeah. you were going to be like, well, there's this book on cold calling. and uh, <laughs> like, I, did, I did think about putting your book on my list just, oh. <laughs> just to thumb the nose a bit. But yeah, I, that would make I me avoided. really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to, to everyone's great relief, uh, it is... <laughs> It is a book that somebody else has written, and yes, uh, excellent, <laughs> called "The Design of Everything uh, Everyday Things" by Don Norman. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot of really cool stuff in this book. The I would say the biggest thing that you get out of this book is a lot of the nomenclature people use when they talk about uh, interfaces and users. Uh, actually, so far as I know, either originated in this book or is well collected in this book. Um, and it talks about not just, not, it doesn't really talk about the web at all. Um, it talks about lots of like physical objects people interact with. Uh, it's famous for talking about doors and how they're designed, um, like faucets and showers, um, lots of different little things like toasters and pens. Um, Everyday things. Yep. So it's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of insights into you know how to talk about design and uh, how to think about it and how uh, I don't know how to like sort of model users and how they approach your designs and you know how to make them better uh, and a few of the principles you know I think we would we would support here like one of them is essentially if you need a user manual or you need like directions for a simple task then you did a bad job designing the thing get the heck out of here yeah, you're a bum. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it's it's a it's a seminal work. Yeah, I have to admit I'm not proud. This is this is probably like the number one most recommended and referenced book in in my uh, circles. Yeah, never cracked the spine. It's you know I think everybody's got got something in the field that they're like, you know, just. Never, never looked at, and they're they're a little bit ashamed of it. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Well, that's that's me. That's me with this one. So that's, that's, this is mine. I, I I give it a a uh, haven't experienced it firsthand, but uh, uh, ten thousand UX people can't be wrong. I guess so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've you've lived it vicariously through everyone you know. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. There's tip number one. Well, at least we don't overlap on number one, right? It's true. This might be the, for the first time in, in in ever, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, maybe we should should we address briefly for the people that we 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 missed the show. Oh yeah, we should probably do that. Uh, so unfortunately, uh, I was traveling. Samuel's doing some traveling. Yep. Uh, Look, we're busy guys. We are in. True. We are in demand professionals. We were uh, we were trying to line something up uh, to to fill the gaps, and the scheduling fell through. Uh, and unfortunately, my traveling in particular was uh, was without a lot of internet access. 
so we were we were unable to overcome our scheduling difficulties. Yeah, uh, and, and we missed we missed a week there, but we're and really speaking of speaking of, of uh, speaking of only top shelf. We we had some in the hopper, but we said, you know what, we're 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 too good now. We, we yeah. our our quality. This was early early days podcast. We recorded like four or five episodes. True. You know what, keeping those in the vault. No no reason to bring those out to the light of day. Our public deserves better. Yeah, we we just set those aflame. So yeah. Like we, if uh, I was, if we, we were, we're like two Chef Gordon Ramsays who were like, you know what? I'd rather not serve <laughs> this food than, than yeah. I'd rather serve nothing. Yeah. We keep all the screaming and punching each other, you know, behind, behind closed doors. But uh, rest assured, there was a lot of that. The punching part. Yes. Tip number two. So this is when I thought of non-web design books that have informed my uh, approach to web design. The very first thing I thought of. The, the the in the in the uh, the Google of my mind the top search result was understanding comics by Scott McCloud. Have you have you uh, experienced this? I've not. This Ooh. is totally new to me. Oh, so it is a and I well and let me clear the air here very quickly. I don't I don't care. I don't mind being perceived as a, as a dweeb or whatever a dork. I, I prefer not. But it, the the reason I'm saying this is not because I t- protest too much. I hate comics. I like. I really do not like comics at all. So the fact that I would love a book that is about like it's breaking down the the art form of comics that is itself like it's a graphic in graphic novel or comic format did not sound like my cup of tea. But this thing is amazing. It's the it's like the most interesting. Basically, looking at like it, well, first of all, let's like let's just start with the title. It's called Understanding Comics: Colon The Invisible Art. No, wait, yeah, colon. I always get those two mixed up, but it's colon, the invisible art. And you're like, well, the invisible art? Why would, Comics are a highly visual medium, right? You would think? Right. Yeah. Why would you lead with the invisible art? But the, the, one of the bigger points of the book is it's not what happens on the page and what happens in the person's mind. It's what happens between the panels, right? Like jazz right. when it's like it's the notes they're not playing. Actually, I don't think it's like that. But anyway, but breaking down how we perceive things, you know, why do two circles and a line in a bigger circle, inside a bigger circle, why does that look like a face? Why do, you know, things that are uh, more abstract we tend to associate with when things are more realistic we tend to uh, distance ourselves from? If you're looking to design user interfaces of any kind, highly, highly recommend Understanding Comics, The Invisible Art by Scott McCloud. Nice. There you go. That's cool. I like that. It's more. It's maybe more out of the box than a lot of my stuff. I have. I have. I do have a similar reference. It's probably a little more popular, uh, but it's later. Yeah. I, that, um, that's my hipster recommendation. I like it. Yeah. I only like you because of your hipster connections. Yep. All right. So tip number three. Tip number three. Number three is maybe the most popular recommendation ever, uh, but I Uh-oh. really enjoyed it, and I think it's pretty good. Okay, well, it sounds like sounds like a really strong recommendation. <laughs> uh, it's don't make me think. Uh, oh, see, yeah. see, I would I would say that is about web design, though. Uh, yeah, it kind of is. I think it very is. 
Very is? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, all of the, uh, the whole thing is like screenshots of websites. I mean, that's not the whole book, but all the illustrations are basically that. Yeah. I, I felt like it was like broadly UI based, though a lot of the examples are web pages. Well, okay. So let's just, let's put a, put a, we'll, we'll tell our, our listeners to put earmuffs on for a second so we can have a quick, a quick side chat. Are you, uh, when you, are we, what do you think, what is your definition of web design? Maybe we're a little off base there. Uh, I guess my definition of web design was like literally stuff specifically for the web. Okay. But like you're like, that would be distinct from user interface design and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I guess I felt like they were sort of distinct, um, I also think I just did a bad job of uh, reading your email specifically. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying. I, I. I'm not. This is not a critical thing. I'm just like. Oh wait no, a minute. No, maybe. I honestly didn't. I didn't pick up on uh, on about web design part. Like I think I. Oh. Yeah. Well. You know what we could do. <laughs> <laughs> we could just have our ten favorite just design books proper. Uh, I guess we can. Um, I I don't know. I feel like I've I've misstepped badly here, but it was not in obviously not intentional. To be very clear, Robert, I'm not upset. I think it's I think this is fun. You never okay. know what curveballs life's gonna throw at you. It's true. I, I I don't feel like you're upset. I'm just disappointed in my in my misstepping. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the I'm not upset, I'm just disappointed. Except it's I don't think you're upset, I'm just disappointed. Exactly. Okay. Well, personally, yeah, I'm, I, I'm I holding think, myself to to the standard here. I'm, I'm not. I don't feel accosted by you. You know what, Robert? Just because you're a rat person doesn't mean you have to stay that way. <laughs> that's, that's true. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. So with that out of the way. Tip number three, Don't Make Me Think, by, uh, oh boy, I can't remember his name. Steve Krug? Steve Krug, yes. Very nice person. Had the pleasure of speaking with him not too long ago. Oh, well, that's very nice. I've I've not met that gentleman. Uh, We spoke over the phone. Okay. But am I name dropping now? I'm just trying to say, like, I'm not just be like, oh yeah, he's terrific. Like, very, very nice guy. Just for the record, Samuel is brushing his shoulder off as we speak. Yeah, I've got like the Drake lint roller going. <laughs> that's that's going to speak to a dropping. really niche audience. I I just really enjoyed, like he's really straightforward in the book, and he keeps everything extremely simple. Um, and I think he does a good job of, uh, especially for people that haven't spent much time in UX, uh, he does a good job of putting you sort of in the shoes of the users in a way that's very useful and powerful. Yes, I concur. I, I have to say, that that's a Pantheon book for me. That's an all-timer. That uh, I, I distinctly remember the day that I checked that out of the library. And I was like, I guess I should like kind of bone up on this user experience stuff I hear, I've heard about or like usability right. or whatever. And and like like read the whole book in one sitting and mm-hmm. and was just like, not only is this something that. I, I see as being like immensely important. Like this is what I want to do with the rest of my life right now. Like that was that, that, that book had such a huge effect on me. I cannot, cannot overstate it. 
Yeah. Was, are you familiar with his... Uh, he has another popular one. It's like about... Rocket surgery made easy. Yeah. 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 Like, all about usability testing. Yep. yep. So the I've first never, one... I've never dipped into that one, actually. It's a good one, except the entire the entire book is just like, man, I should really be usability testing right now. Right. He's, being, he's really being pretty persuasive. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, well, yep. we have an episode about that. I would say, I think, to my mind, looking at the the jobs to be done for books, I would say that uh, that rocket surgery made easy is a great book to get someone else to get for someone else to convince right. them, like, hey, we should really be doing this. Yeah, that's a good that's a good bonus suggestion for the people. There you go. All right. Um, that brings us to number four, I believe. Already at tip number four. <laughs> Tip number four. So this is, speaking of books that have turned my head, um, there's a book called, oh, what is it? It's I only know it by the colloquial name. Let me look it up really quickly here. Total total amateur hour. Should have had this prepared ahead of time. Everything is obvious, colon, that's the part that I knew, How Common Sense Fails Us by Duncan J. Watts. Are you familiar with this one at all? I'm a little familiar with this one, yeah. Like, have you read it? Uh, I skimmed it. I, skimmed. I would not claim the the red tag. Okay. So this was a book. I don't even know why I picked it up. I guess somebody recommended it or something. But another like real page turner really, uh, really made me question a lot of things out there regarding what, 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 uh, how reliable com- the common sense is, for example, or um, when to trust data and when to not, which is like, it sounds like basically just don't trust anything ever, I think is, is essentially the, what the book is really recommending. That's sort of like the scientific method in a nutshell, right? Yeah. Like a lot of times people look at science and they're like, well, but there are other ways to find truth or whatever. And I would agree with that to an extent, but I don't think science really, like talking about the scientific method and how it relates to this book, like I don't think science is really about finding truth i think it's about finding things that are reliable and right. like like things that you can kind of count on and you know like yeah, uh, it's, like it's about it's about describing observable phenomenon right but, but so that you can like uh, apply it and use it yeah. like which yeah. is which yeah. and this might be this might be a bit uh, uh, uh what, what's the word uh I might be putting myself on the hot seat by bringing this up, but I'm not the biggest Malcolm Gladwell fan for exactly that reason. You just got put on the hot seat. Because he's like comes out with these things. They're charming stories, and like whatever yeah. scientific you know angle they might have is is they're compelling and interesting. But I'm seeing all these all these uh, uh, dips going out and be like, "Well, just spend ten thousand hours doing X, Y, or Z, and like I'll be Wayne Gretzky." <laughs> and it's like, ah. Uh, like, I don't think, like, they're kind of, it's uh, like, I would read that like like David and Goliath, for example. Like, I, I would not say, like, this is something that you can bank on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to practice doing things the right way. Uh, it's amazing, uh, in my opinion at least, how important, like, form and technique and skill are to almost every, like, human pursuit. Mm. Do tell. Uh, well, I mean, it's it just it really is pervasive. Uh, so, like a a fitness example is if if I take you into a gym and get you to like clean 
uh, a heavy weight. Uh, and oh, today, not like not like scrub it down, but lift it. Yeah. I was like, uh, oh. so so from the floor to your chest, standing up. Um, and this would if, be like a like a fifteen pounder. Fifteen. <laughs> uh, it'd probably be a little more than that. I think I believe in you. Like a seventeen pounder. Um, yeah, sixteen and a half. Don't <laughs> don't okay. overreach. But let, let's say that hurt. you did that. Uh, well, so we go into the gym and you do that, and then we spend the rest of the day, and I just hand you, uh, you know, like a a piece of PVC pipe, and I explain to you the technique, and this is this is an Olympic lift. Thousands and thousands of people have thought a lot about this. There's not much to improve. In fact, the like baseline belief at the Olympics is that if somebody you know is actually lifting more than everyone else and they did the lift differently, that everyone was like, well, that guy figured out a better way to do it, right? Like that's the metric is lift more. Um, yeah. But, but it's pretty well established at this point, um, and it's a super dynamic movement. It's really complex. It takes a lot of practice, uh, but even in a day, you can get a lot better at it. So I could bring you back tomorrow. There's scientifically no chance that you have become stronger uh, in a physical sense, that your muscles can lift more weight. But I could guarantee you that after learning the technique, you would be like maybe even many times stronger. Like Ant-Man. Um, yeah, in terms of what you could lift. And I that, like... Technique and skill and form is a multiplier in that way, like in almost every activity. Like I, I recently took up tennis, and I mostly I just play with another guy who just pretty much started. But I also, like w- one time now, I, I went to a lesson with a guy who played in college and just spent an hour with him, and he sort of like, you know, moved me around and told me some pointers and some physical cues, and like it makes unbelievable difference. Uh, just to kind of practice doing it the proper way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I know those are physical examples, but I think the same is true of, like, copywriting, you know? Like, most of copywriting is the same set of principles and examples that people just sort of, like, revamp over and over again. Hmm. That's interesting. So you think copywriting has been... Uh, Distilled down to to like Olympic clean and jerk technique level of of uh, rigor. I don't think it's quite that rigor, but it's. I mean, they've at least discovered a collection of things that works really well. Yeah, interesting. Care to give any shout outs? Any shout outs? Well, when you say uh, they, do you have particular people in mind? Oh. Uh, I mean, a lot, I think a lot of the old school stuff is is like really well thought of, like breakthrough advertising and scientific advertising and Ogilvy and Ogilvy. a lot of that stuff is really good. Yeah, hold that thought. Uh, okay, I will. Yeah. So that was so, a long. Time. So that's everything is obvious once you know the answer by Duncan J. Watts. I think it's absolutely fabulous, <laughs> and, and 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 like this is a weird recommendation, but if you ever want to like undermine your own belief that what you're doing is smart, which sounds terrible, <laughs> but it's, it's like the, it's like, the, it's a very freeing experience in my, in my experience, especially when you're designing things where it's like other, that other people are using. And if you're just going off of quote unquote, best practices or kind of like faith-based design or whatever feels right to you, it's a, it, it peels, peels back 
peel, what, what am I going to say? Peels back once again. I don't know why my brain keeps doing like, yeah, yeah, do go with this, go with this uh, w- turn of phrase. And then I'm like, wait, peels back what? what I've got you? nowhere to go. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. It peels back the veil, I guess you would say. Or what is, that's not quite right. But anyway. So, tip number five. Like, I, I have, I, I just, I'm, I'm giving myself the hook off the stage on this one. Tip number five. Yeah. <laughs> number five. Tip number five. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this this is a design book, as we've, I think we've established, mine, mine are all pretty design related. You know what I think we're gonna do, uh, is, is, the, this, the, the name of this episode will be, like, our four favorite design books, because it's already been, like, we've already been doing this for, like, 45 minutes, so. No, it hasn't been that long, it's been about 30 minutes. Oh, okay, good. Well, anyway, I think there'll be a little revisionist history, so, especially if we're gonna be doing a companion episode, Pretty sure okay. we could. We can just well, we can just decide it was about whatever we we want it to be. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it can be a little short too. Like that's not a bad idea. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm sorry about the editing though. This one's a little rough. Hey, you know what? We're getting back in the saddle. Gotta gotta anticipate some bumps. So, tip number, number five, five. Uh, is the non-designers design book by Robin Williams. Oh, uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Didn't you hear? No, I didn't. I'm assuming oh, it's well, a different Robin Williams, but he is. just. Yeah, uh, no, I, my wife mentioned that actually earlier today. Yeah, yeah. I did hear. Such a shame. Uh, I am not. Uh, I'm not really a visual designer. And when I say not really, I mean not at all. Uh, and this book actually helped me tremendously in several ways. Uh, and all it is is like really basic concepts. Um, you know, like basic use of type and alignment and contrast and space. Um, it's just a few fundamental principles that sort of give you some tools to work with when you're laying stuff out. Uh, and if you're not great at, at visual design, then I think it's just hugely useful. Because um, for a long time, I could look at something and... Like, it felt wrong, and I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know why. And since, I've got sort of language and understanding to uh, to address it better. Very nice. I, I, I had not even heard of this book before. Really? Yeah. But uh, uh, it's, it, yeah. The, the Amazon reviews are very, are very good. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good book, uh, and it's something I glance at again once in a while. Um, cause I feel like it, it took a couple times and a couple projects to really like sort of grasp and internalize, uh, each of the concepts. Hmm. Well, there you go. The non-designers design book. Yep. By Robin Williams. And now we're on to six. Tip number six. So this one, this one may not surprise a lot of people that I'm recommending it. Uh, it's certainly a go-to book uh, with a very fun name. It makes you feel very, very smart to say it. The Visual Display of Quantitative Information by Edward oh, Tufte. What's that? <laughs> I said, oh, curse you. Oh, is that, was that on your list? Uh, yeah. Finally. I also like envisioning information, but yeah, oh. Tufte's great. Yeah. So The Visual Display of Quantitative Information... 
it's uh it ain't cheap it's a little bit on the pricey well actually i just pulled it up on amazon the price went down it used to be like 50 bucks 28.72 with prime right now so uh or you can rent it oh wait what yeah oh is this like the kindle version no um can you rent the no you can rent the hardcover what is it like like a textbook or something i guess it's when they have like a really stable market for a book like that, where like a resale market, they'll just let you like buy it and hold it for a while and then sell it to somebody else that's looking to do the same. Crazy. Yeah, you can rent it with yeah, it's Prime. Pretty, pretty interesting, yeah. Huh. But anyway, that's not why I'm recommending this book, believe it or not. It's not like, yeah, you can rent it. Uh, it's vid- rentable. Yeah. It's got to be good. I, I I think it, it was it was uh, referenced as like like kind of a game changer by somebody that uh, that I really respected. Who's a like a, I guess he was a what you would say a, a graphic designer, um, and so I just kind of picked it up sight unseen and was it was just just a just a mind blower. So very very highly recommended. It, it will turn your head and change uh, open your mind. To to a whole world that uh, you may have taken for granted, if so, if you I'm going to say something slightly contrarian about Tufty's work, though. Ooh, are you putting him on the hot seat? No, it's not really hot seat. Uh, Uh, I'm probably going to punch in that sound effect though. At least you just got put on the hot seat. (laughs) It's like it's really more my failing than his. All right, so you're Uh, putting yourself on the hot seat. Yeah, sure. Okay. You just got put on the hot seat. So I've I've read his books. I've I own his books. I think they're excellent. When I'm immersed in the book, I find it like super brilliant and insightful. But I've honestly struggled to like really use it in in most of my everyday work. Yeah, it's not the most tactical. I wouldn't say. Yeah. It's not like a workbook. No, it's not. And but I feel like I should have been able to use more of it than I have, I guess. That's my that's my nitpick. Oh boy, I thought you were gonna go. I just took a took a took a second to sip a little Gatorade. <laughs> really ill timed on my part. Sorry about oh, that. No, sorry. I I should I should talk more. I'm I left you hanging. Anyway, so your so your nitpick is great book, change your mind. Don't know what I'm gonna do with it. A Not little bit, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I think that there's a lot of value in the book just in being like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah, I, it's funny because I don't want to take away from it because I do, if you haven't read Tufty, I think you should. Uh, but because, like, everyone sort of, like, falls over themselves to praise Tufty or, like, you know, mock a, a pie chart or something and say something about Tufty. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, like, Tufty kills a kitten. Uh, yeah, and doesn't he have the, isn't he the one who did the... Like he he feels really strongly about not using PowerPoint. I think he redid the <laughs> Gettysburg Address in uh, like forty slides or something, uh, and it totally murders it. It's really great. I never, I didn't, I never saw that. That's that sounds... I, yeah. It's it's pretty good, and so people will bring up Tufty's name for stuff like that too. Yeah, he hates PowerPoint, uh, and I kind of agree with him. But yeah, yeah. Yep. Did you ever go to his uh, workshop? No. Um, if I recall, it was you know geographically disadvantaged for me and usually pretty expensive. Pretty expensive. I got a I got one of the companies I was working at to foot the bill once. It's great. I like that. Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
All right. So, oh, I was going to be like, so that's your recommendation? No, it's my recommendation. Visual <laughs> display of quantitative information. Highly recommended. And by the way, I should, it kind of goes without saying, these are all like five stars, whatever it is, like high, highest rating as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. So what are we, tip number five? No, we're at seven. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it's just breezed right by. Yeah, well, it's funny because I always go first, so I'm always the odd numbers. Right. Uh, I don't know. I was I was laughing about it earlier. Like we could, I don't know. I always own one, three, five, seven, nine. Yeah. Um, well, at least I remembered you were odd this time. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, at least I was. At least I was two off instead of one off. Tip number seven. Yeah. So you 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 murdered one of mine. So we may be down. Man down. Yep. Uh, See, it feels I, a little higher stakes, doesn't it? Yeah, it's exciting. Although um, you said it was a I'm, different Tufty book. Yeah, kind of. But I'm not going to repeat a Tufty. Do you want to give it like just a quick little? Give it some lip service, real quick. Uh, well, the other book is Envisioning Information. Uh, and Which it's, well, let's put it this way: I I actually have not read that one. So why why should yeah. I read that one, Robert? Um, or why did you recommend it over the other one? Mostly because it's a little more broad. So the visual display of quantitative information focuses pretty specifically on like charts. quantified charts and graphs and stuff. Right. Uh, and envisioning information is a little bit, a little bit more loose uh, and a little more broad. Uh, like you, you might touch on things like PowerPoints and not just a graph. Um, so, okay. but but I. Honestly, if you get a if you get a good sense, like if you if you cover to cover one of the Tufty's books, I think you I think you're okay. You don't have to you don't have to go through the whole catalog. Interesting. So if you've already read one, don't bother reading the other ones. I don't know if I'll go so far as to say don't bother. I mean, if you really enjoyed it and you're interested, go for it. But uh, yeah, if you're trying to be like economical and like maximize the value of your book choices, then yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably back away. Interesting. Grab, grab a different one. Was Envisioning Information the first one that you read? It was, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's the thing. With these auteurs, sometimes your favorite one is whatever the first one. And you were like, whoa, and then yeah. the rest you're like, oh, yeah, it's great, but it wasn't like yeah. the first one that I saw. Yeah, because this one was the one that kind of like blew my mind, right? It's like, whoa. Yeah. And then the other one, I was like, oh, this is really cool and really interesting, but it, you know, it's Tufty. Right. All right. So that was tip number seven. No, you. This no, is a, we are. Oh no, that was tip number seven. No, that was lip service. We just we just six B. We waved in the night. Okay. Uh, tip number seven. Okay, so this one is is. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make this really difficult on you. Uh, this is not a design book. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm wondering if we can even say like these are books that we recommend these are books okay i I don't know what like our like some of our most influential books about our ux thinking maybe yeah okay uh yeah so this one's uh made to stick dan and dan and chapeef the heath Uh, bros yeah so yeah, they, they they have also have some other ones, uh, including uh, Switch. Yeah, Switch, yeah. And I I enjoyed both of them. I picked this one because it focuses a little more on stories, uh, which are just really powerful things that, um, I don't know the, the like the more I read about stories and how they sort of impact humans and communities, it, it almost feels like it's. Um, 
I don't know, connected to how our brains work or something, you know? The, like, s- stories are so, so useful in, in communicating and connecting people that it, it almost seems like a, an atomic thing connected to humans. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, this book is just great, and they, they just have a lot of really good ideas about how to, you know, get people to, to really stick with uh, your idea or your product or whatever. I mean, it's all it's pretty applicable, in my opinion, uh, and it's it's enjoyable if you if you haven't been exposed to the Heath Bros. Then, uh, yeah, I don't know that I recommend this entry point above all others, um, but you should definitely pick one up. And it's uh, it's like a fun read too. It is. Yeah, all of them are pretty enjoyable. Yeah, well, populist, if you will. Pop Psy. Pop Psych. Yeah, but I I don't, th- I like, on the spectrum of Pop Psy, I wouldn't push them all the way into, like, the Malcolm Gladwell side of things. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so, so just quickly comparing notes here, I thought I was going out on a limb with this Malcolm Gladwell truth-telling. Uh, are, uh, are, you, are, are you roughly in line with my thinking on it, too? Yeah, I'm, when I first read something, like a couple of his essays, I was like, oh, this is great. This is like really you know, well thought out. It's yeah. really beautifully written. I'm, really, I'm fascinated, and I read a whole bunch more. Uh, and then I heard other people talk about it, but they talked about it like it was uh, you know, just sort of gospel truth or right. something, or just like unassailable fact. Yes. And uh, that was troubling, because uh, it was mostly you know, well-crafted stories around interesting anecdotes. Um, and I, that stuff's great. It's a fun read, but I don't know that I want to like inform my decisions based on that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not betting the, the well-being of my family on, 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 uh, the tipping point. Right. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, you know what? I think that was a very, uh, measured and reasonable, uh, take on that whole thing. I wish I could have put it so well. well you know? I have I have good moments and bad moments. Yeah. Um. So tip number eight. Should we just keep moving? Yes, we should. Tip number eight. All right. Uh. So tip number eight is, and I and 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 I it's one thing that I'm in I'm noticing here. Got the Heath brothers, Tufty. I think a lot of a couple of these books that I was recommending was more just like, I really like. I just wanted to pick a book that this person has written, but it was really more the person than the book. Yeah. And so in this case, the person is Christopher Alexander, and the book that I chose was Notes on the Synthesis of Form, which uh, is sort of a, I guess you could say like a meta design book in some ways. Um, It it, it is a very good book, um, but I'm not sure I could even really describe exactly what it's about. I guess you could almost say it's like an extended thought piece. Christopher Alexander was a game-changing architect and wrote, um, speaking of like falling in love with the first book that you read, um, wrote a, a pretty influential book called A Pattern Language, which, are, by the way, is, uh, is any of this new to you? Or are you pretty familiar with this? Uh, generally familiar. Okay. Um, and Pattern Language, I, I remember reading it and being like, whoa, you can totally apply these architectural principles to like because they're like kind of modular almost like it's just it's it's uh 
puzzle pieces that you can kind of put together and, and like one informs the other and things like that. And I was like, oh, you can totally apply this to web design. And then I saw, and this was like a decade ago, but Ryan Singer from 37 Signals uh, was just like all over it too. And I, I thought that I had come up with this idea on my own of like applying one to the other. And he, he totally beat me to it and, and completely outclassed the, the level of thinking that I had as far as that was concerned. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so Christopher Alexander is somebody that I've uh, long admired. And um, notes on the synth- synthesis of form is, I think... Uh, pattern language is like 700, 800 pages. It's kind of like a, like almost just a fun book to have around to kind of flip through, I would say. I, I'm not yeah. sure. I, I guess you could read a cover. To, I mean, I assume you're supposed to read a cover to cover, but it's fun to just pick up and kind of, you know, look at like a couple of the patterns. But notes on the synthesis of form is uh, if it's over 100 pages, it's just barely over it. It's pretty, pretty dense thinking or not dense. Like it's, it's com- condensed, I guess you could say. Um, it but, says that it's 224 pages. What? Really? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't I sort of undercut you a little bit there. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm just going to wheel over to my bookshelf. We'll we'll see. Uh, we'll see. You get to listen to me walk all the way over here. <laughs> Maybe this is a different form factor. Yeah. Oh, you know what? <laughs> it, is, it is roughly three times thicker than I remember being. Maybe there's more than one book in here. <laughs> This is the Christopher Alexander Anthology. Huh. Well, how do you like that? Maybe I only made it 100 pages into it. <laughs> the first 100 pages is the best 100 pages? No, no, no. I am, I am correct. It is, uh, it is 131 pages with a very lengthy appendix. Oh, okay. So there you that, go. That makes sense. All right, glad we got that sorted out. So that's my tip. What tip number eight? Christopher Alexander. Just, number just, eight. just spend a little bit of time. And, and there's actually a website built around pattern language that I think would give you a pretty good um, idea of of what's uh, what that whole thing is about. If, if assuming that that website is correct, or my recollection of that website right. is correct, we'll put it in the show notes. But my recommendation: quick read, notes on the synthesis of form, Christopher Alexander. If I were going to pick up one of these, which one should I pick up? For Christopher Alexander? Yeah. If you want to read something cover to cover, I would recommend Notes. If you want to have a really cool book that you can like look smart by having and show to your friends and flip through on a rainy day, definitely would go Pattern Language. Gotcha. But, and, and as is the topic of this show, I would say, well, I guess maybe they both influenced my thinking equally. I feel like notes, like if you make your way through the whole, all 130 pages, you get kind of, like you were saying in the Tufty example, like you get something that you can kind of apply, where the other one's more like, oh, that's cool. Right. So there you go. Tip number... Number nine. Nine. Tip number nine. Number nine. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with another... I don't know. It, this is a to me. This was. I thought this was going to be really boring, uh, but I think it was actually super enjoyable. Uh, <laughs> I thought you meant this episode for a second. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> okay. That too. The book, so you thought the book was going to be super boring. <laughs> yeah. So it's sort of like a successor to Shrunk and White, uh, and it's on writing well by William Zenser. Oh, so the the uh, successor would be, uh, oh, what is the name of that book? The Elements of Style. Yep. Okay. 
Um, it's you know he's it's the let's see it's in its 30th edition or the, the well the 30th anniversary edition so it's uh, but it's gone through many editions for sure. Got some staying power. Uh, it it does, and it you know. I don't know. It sounds really dry. It sounds like it's not that interesting. And I don't think it's a book that you have to read cover to cover. Um, but he kind of addresses, I think it's about like 20 sort of broad topics in writing. And he does so really well. There's a lot of like wordplay and sort of like clever uh, turn of phrase in the book. Uh, and it's just, it's structured really well. It's very simple. Uh, it's. I think it's really interesting as someone who's had to learn copywriting and persuasive writing, and just like generally writing well um, for people to consume. Totally outside of school, in my opinion, because in school uh, they teach you very specific kinds of writing that turn out to not be very useful for those tasks. Uh, and I think that's crazy, but like this book advocates, you know, writing simply and writing to purpose. And uh, I don't, I was never exposed to that stuff in school at all. It was like never, uh, you know, what you were trying to accomplish was like to, you might like persuade someone about your thoughts on like a piece of literature, but that's not really the same task as, you know, persuading someone to buy something or persuading someone about their interest in a particular thing or how useful this idea is to them, or something like that. I don't, I don't feel like that was ever well, well taught. Um, yeah, but I think don't, this book, don't get me started on that. There's yeah. so much of school, like you come out of school and you're like, why, why are we not taught things like how to negotiate, for example? Wouldn't that be, yeah. you know? Like they're, yeah. they're, they're like, I've, I feel like we're severely doing uh, people a disservice by not doing more financial education in general. Yeah. Know? Like, you know, all sorts of things about interest rates and credit cards and, right. yeah, like why that's not being taught in a sensible way, I don't understand. It's the Illuminati. That's why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that we got to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah, we were just, we're just exposing, peeling the mask off of all kinds of people in this episode. <laughs> There's a lot of peeling in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... Tip number 10. So, Scientific Advertising uh, by Claude C. Hopkins is a fantastic book. Once again, pretty short to the point, pretty breezy read. You could definitely read it on a plane ride, even if that plane ride was an hour and a half long. Um, interestingly, this because there's a lot of, I would say, uh, highly relevant... Um, points that are made as far as just, you know, where, where the state of, uh, web, web design or online marketing or, um, you know, uh, there are, uh, shades of AB testing and direct marketing and things like that in this book written in 1923 though. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Uh, so unfortunately that also means it's in the public domain. So you can buy, you can get free PDF version, just download it and just read it. It is astoundingly well-written uh, the points that it makes are just really, really good. Uh, basically, like, looking at, um, not in these terms because they didn't exist at the time, but, like, the the, the UX of advertising and also the, taking a scientific approach to it. I guess the only words that didn't exist were UX at that time. But anyway, um, just looking at, like, how do you put yourself in the customer's shoes, how you can speak to someone uh, in a highly relevant way and understand their perspective to communicate, so on and so forth. 
it is uh it's a really really good book it's free um and then remember when i was saying david ogilvy more on that later mm-hmm. none other than david ogilvy himself said nobody should be allowed to have anything to do with advertising until he has read this book seven times it changed the course of my life so yeah. i'm gonna say he, he or she let's modernize this a little bit but it's a it's a very 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 good book yep concur oh so you've read it yeah i mentioned it when i mentioned ogilvy what i didn't hear that you mentioned scientific advertising yeah i mentioned scientific advertising and breakthrough advertising and then ogilvy Ugh. i guess i thought you were talking about that as like a concept oh i'm sorry unbelievable well, so I, even, even when I think I've made it all the way through, I'm still, still Lucy in the football a little bit here. No, I mean, I didn't, I, it wasn't one of my... Yeah, it wasn't your official. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm just saying, once you, even when you think you're out of the woods, you're never safe with Robert Graham. Yeah. Nobody can be safe. Yep. It's like you incepted it. <laughs> you didn't even have it on your list. You just added it. <laughs> um all right so should we do should we do the the whip around i really like the whip around myself okay let's do it all right tip number one the design of everyday things by don norman tip number two understanding comics by scott mcleod tip number three don't make me think steve Krupp. tip number four everything is obvious duncan j watts tip number five the non-designers design book robin williams the uh, oh boy, stepping on my own line here. Tip number six: the every uh, the visual display of quantitative information by Mister Edward Tufty. Yes. Number are we on seven? Uh huh. Oh, number now seven. look who's forgotten. I am lost in the woods. <laughs> Made the stick, Dan and Chip Heath. Tip number eight: notes on the synthesis of form, Christopher Alexander. And number nine. On Writing Well by William Zinser. And finally, tip number 10, scientific advertising, Claude C. Hopkins. I have to nice. say, I didn't realize it when I was putting this list together. I've got a lot of people who, who really like to, to hammer home that middle initial. Duncan J. Watts, <laughs> Edward R. Tufty, Claude C. Hopkins. I guess that's three out of, well, yeah, three out of five. That's a lot. That's, that's meatloaf territory. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, at least it's not a full middle name, because then they would all be assassins, too. <laughs> right. Like Bernard Carmel Pollard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, once again, that, uh, uh, perhaps one person will appreciate that reference in our Some, listenership. Someone. Yeah. All right. Well, so we've taken care of that business. Guess uh, guess this is a little little something like we like to call the end of the podcast episode. Not the well, maybe it'll be the end of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, the end of the episode. There's a little something, a little something we like to call the end of the end of the old podcast episode. Yep, and this is where I start a thought that I never get to finish. Oh, and I didn't even have to hook you into it this time. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, I should stop recording. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm glad that you're...